Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COB is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 12th of June. It's a Friday. I'm here with David Scott and Gemma Acton. Hey, guys, how are you doing? I'm ecstatic. It's the weekend. <laughs> and you, Gemma? It's great to be here with, with the both of you to close out the week. Yeah. So speaking of, I mean, we had U.S. markets down significantly overnight. Uh, the S&P 500 was down by 5.9%. Um, clearly, it didn't end to that poorly here in Australia, but I suppose it's all about context because we had that 3% fall the previous session. We did, and it comes off the back of a very strong run-up, seven days of uninterrupted gains. Uh, So quite unsurprising that the market took a breather. What was interesting looking at today's trade, though, was a lot of action this morning, a big sell-off, and then a bit of a clawback, and it more or less flatlined from about lunchtime onwards. It was a proverbial each way bet. I didn't see any sense that they really wanted to go and test the downside or the upside. So they basically finished in between. So it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot better. But no, all in all, the index finished down just over 1.5%. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. I think a lot of people are waiting to go and see whether we can get back to back big declines in the U.S. before making a further move. But U.S. futures have not really been painting that picture throughout this afternoon here in Australia, Scotty. No, they haven't, but the U.S. futures are eternal optimists in Asia. It seems to be every single day there's a bit of selling the night before uh, they rise. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the physical index will actually rise when it opens uh, in the evening our time. Uh, I lost count uh, during uh, the early stages of the, uh, the sell-off that we saw in February and March. How many times would see a massive decline on Wall Street and then spoos would be bid up in Asia and then they'll just be smoked in Europe. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, So I'm not reading too much into it. I think tonight will be very telling. If we get another ugly session into the close in Wall Street, uh, that's not gonna set up a very particular nice weekend uh, for investors who are about to go walking on Monday morning. Yeah, certainly so. Um, Gemma, you know, we had some big moves today regardless, and you were speaking with Gemma Dale a little bit earlier on from NAB Trade. Um, What was this sort of thematic coming through from Gemma? Well, she has been an extraordinary week for trades, huge, huge trades going through, large sizes as well. And some of the more interesting stocks she highlighted were CSL, uh, trading within a very narrow band, obviously a a long-term market darling. She was saying people are buying at $270 and selling at $280. So sort of back and forth tug of war as uh, CSL bounces around that level. And then the banks, of course. Now, the banks really drove this huge rally in the last couple of weeks. So much momentum as people grew increasingly optimistic uh, about our economic recovery. And uh, clearly they've been walloped in the last two days. Although again, huge health this morning. I checked early on around 6% down for for at least three out of four. Commonwealth Bank down a little less, but then only closing around one to 2% lower. So a pullback. But Gemma said, yes, they've been really in the firing line. Yeah. If you'd like to listen to that um, interview with Gemma Dale, you can do so and you can access it via the show notes. That would be a good way to spend a little part of your weekend. And when we look back though on the week, Scotty, you know, lots of people saying that this was the breather that markets have to have, had to have, however that turns out. 
Um, but pointing to fears about a second wave, potentially further lockdowns in the US is inspiring this sell off, or does it all come back to sort of the big event of the week, which of course was Jay Powell and the FOMC meeting? To be honest, I'm skeptical about all of those factors. I, I don't think it was anything to do with those events. I don't believe it was Jerome Powell's uh, no discussion. Uh, yes, he started Dow, but didn't really offer anything new on the economic outlook. We know it's going to be a pretty tough slog moving for not only for the US, but also for the rest around the world, including here in Australia. Um, and then when it comes to this uh, you know, uptick in, uh, in virus cases, particularly in the US states uh, that opened first in this, uh, in this reopening phase, that's been going on for a while as well. So neither of them am I really buying. The thing that I find is that I, sh I sent a, a chart earlier on, I put up on Twitter, and it basically showed the level of sentiment towards risk assets such as the S&P 500, the Canadian dollar, one of your personal favorites again, <laughs> and, also, and, and also the Australian dollar. And the, the shift between uh, bulls and bears, over 90% were bullish on those three assets just prior to this sell-off. So it's just, to me, it's positioning. It runs so hard and everyone was thinking exactly the same thing. Oh, it's going to the moon. And then it didn't. And then all of a sudden we have a dramatic sharp decline what we're seeing today. Now, whether it's going to last, well, yeah, I'm sceptical well. It just well. brings us back to Tina, doesn't it? What else are we going to invest in at this point? Anybody who has some money lying around, their options are, are so limited. And I think people feel that they understand or can relate to at least some of the company names on the, the share market, as opposed to some other asset classes, which just seem completely unfamiliar. Not only that, but on days like today, and when we've seen a couple of days of consecutive selling, you get those bargain hunters moving in, people seeing value in some of the names. Uh, and actually, just on that, I may as well mention, we'll be having a special edition of The Call tomorrow morning, so Saturday morning. It starts at 7 o'clock. We'll run it right through to 9, 9.30, and we'll be picking the brains of our expert guests. So some of the familiar names that you see on The Call weekly, um, but we'll be asking them specifically, what names are you looking to buy in the dip if this dip continues what levels do you need then to get to to buy in so hopefully a lot of investable ideas will be coming to you on Ausbiz. we'll live stream it from seven o'clock we'll be checking in with our u.s guests to start and then we'll get some of those ideas for you and if you miss it of course we'll put it up on the website and you can access it via the app as well listen i know it's a weekend we're all itching to get out of here let's get to the stock of the day it was fortescue metals um, we've had such strength in iron ore prices, haven't we? And um, then we saw a little bit of a sell-off uh, through the overnight period. Fortescue Metals, um, I actually don't know where it finished up today. That's uh, your domain, guys, after being on air. It actually finished down by about eight-tenths of one percent, I can see. All right, we, we spoke with Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Here's his thoughts on Fortescue. So look, it's, it's an interesting one, iron ore. At $100, $105, it basically, uh, it, it says a lot uh, about what's happening in the world. We think that iron ore can stay high, probably not at 100 bucks. It should get back to 80. I think most analysts have got yeah. 80 bucks in the, baked into their forecasts. But as we know, markets can shoot on the upside longer yeah. than you expect and also on the downside. It's, you know, if you weren't buying it at 10 bucks, it's sort of 14, 15, wherever it is today, um, is, is, is probably a little bit too rich for us. Right. But it can continue on if iron ore can continue to go higher. And that was Adam Dawes finishing uh, the thoughts on the stock of the day, which was Fortescue Metals. Um, look, we've had a bit of data out in the UK already, guys. Um, I believe it was a GDP read, looking pretty dismal, as to be expected, um, down around 20%. Uh, what, Scotty, do we have on the US calendar tonight? 
Uh, we've got a few uh, minor ones. The most important one will be consumer sentiment. Obviously, that will flow through to uh, expectations of spending and the like. And then next week, we get the retail sales report, I believe, for May. So that will give us some insight as to the strength of the retail spending and also what households are going through in this reopening phase. Uh, that seems to be the most likely to go and move the dial, if anything. And uh, Gemma, locally next week, uh, we have the RBA minutes that are coming out and obviously that jobs report on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, the jobs report is interesting given that we've had so much timely data coming out recently um, just checking in on a weekly basis, seeing how the job situation was. Um, so perhaps like, less emphasis on that than there usually would be. But uh, so it's interesting to see how much the market uh, reads into that and, and digests the information and uses it to assess the situation. Um, lots of been really brought to a lot of people's attention recently just how perhaps outmoded that way of collecting information about jobs is in recent weeks. So uh, wondering if they'll consider other ways as we go forward. We'll see. 11.30 Thursday. Um, before that, look, you get overseas arrivals and departures at 11.30 on Monday. I can't think <laughs> what that will contain. Not a lot. Not a lot. And nor will it be market moving. <laughs> no, exactly. And then we've got a bit of data out from China, which is house prices and industrial production. I'm going to say who's on tomorrow. To start uh, our special coverage, Matt Leibovitz will be joining us from Stake. So he'll be talking us through the big company moves. Larry Shover from Efficient Advisors, he's the CIO there. So he'll talk us through the U.S. session. Philip Streibel, who's Chief Market Strategist at Blue Line Futures. And we'll follow it up with a bit of a currency uh, you know, chat with Peter McGuire joining us from XM. So we really hope we see you for our special coverage tomorrow morning. Um, and again, a huge thank you to Capstream for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to get more information on Capstream, you can do so in the episode notes, or of course you can visit capstream.com. Gemma, Scuddy, it's Friday. Um, Let's go grab a drink. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone.